Hey, Mutant Musings believes Black Lives Matter. Mutant Musings believes trans rights are human rights, and all people who are LGBTQIA plus deserve equal rights and equal treatment. We've included a few links in the show notes of this episode for organizations to which you can donate, sign petitions, or just share with others as resources. We hope you'll help in any way you can. Thanks, listeners. Sebastian Shaw is most definitely a whiskey dick. Welcome to the Summer Series kickoff episode of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's June 2020, and we'll be discussing new comics in the X-Men Adventure. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my UFO, who is utterly fucking outstanding. Patty! Here's your goddamn reminder to comment what you think of this episode on geekade.com. Rate and review us on whatever fucking podcast platform you're using right now, and get your ass following us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. We better see that ass following us. That ass right there. Your ass. It's following you. Now get it following us. What do you mean your ass is busy? Your ass is too busy to give us a follow? What plans could your ass possibly have right now anyway? Is your ass washing its hair? Ass, please. (laughs) And speaking of ass, it's been two fucking months since our last episode, but we sure as shit remember how to curse. Fuck yes, we do. We say yes, ma'am, to ass ram. Yes, please, to titties. Yes, y'all, to big balls. And yes, we are keen on that ween. If the fucking has you ducking, then this isn't the podcast for your ass. But if quarantine has got you down, then let's take a trip to Pound Town. There's your explicit content warning. Woohoo! Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being supportive. It's my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really, Patty, do you really want to make today your birthday? No. Do you want to share do you want to share today's birthday? No. With uh Aren't you glad that that you weren't born on this day and you don't share that birthday with, you know, that other birthday? Yes, but here (laughs) is a story. Uh Uh-oh. I, my mom named me Patricia because I was born like 20 minutes before flag day. That's pretty (laughs) fucking stupid. (laughs) Okay, but she could have just named you Patriot or Patriot, Patrietta, right? That sounds like a really bad idea for like a captain america lady type of character i feel like anytime i hear the word patriot yeah it makes me think of bad people right like patriot prayer like patriot what patriot prayer you don't know them who no i don't they're a group that's i guess kind of like the proud boys they're white supremacists basically so they're bad people okay so that's fine Okay. Well, listen, so so you weren't born on Flag Day. You're not sharing your birthday with that other fuck. And your name instead is Patty. So so everything is fine. Everything is fine in the world. Is it? No. All right. I take that back. <laughs> not everything is fine in the world. It's not. But yesterday was your birthday. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was Patty's birthday, and she woke up in the morning and messaged me, and she said, good morning, happy birthday. Like it was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I I do that all day on my birthday. Anybody says happy birthday, I'm like, thanks, you too. <laughs> <laughs> now, usually I say happy birthday to people on my birthday so they know that it's my birthday. Because then they'd be like, it's not my birthday. And I'm like, oh, it's my birthday. <laughs> 
Because I'm a fucking Gemini. <laughs> that's that's sweet of you. That's, that's really sweet of you. There was uh there was this post that I saw about like my my aunt is like the biggest Gemini ever. She started a group chat, called it like Kim's birthday party, Kim's surprise party or something, and left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds like something I would do. Yeah, it does sound like something that you would do. <laughs> Jonathan got me a cake with my face on it. Um, <laughs> he he got me a phoenix hoodie, and, a dark phoenix hoodie. And he got me a shirt from Beefcake Boss, which I will yeah. take a picture of later. But I don't have makeup on or anything, and I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't take my makeup off from yesterday, so I have like crusty eyelashes. You just slept in it because you were drunk and tired last night? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to bed until like almost midnight. Yeah, so uh over the past uh two months we we have we've have watched some things, but but the main thing that we have watched is uh Avatar The Last Airbender. And that is a fantastic cartoon. I had never seen it in my life before. And it was really, really fucking good. And then and then somebody brought up the movie in this Facebook group we're a part of. And I was like, I want to watch it. And then so somehow it was quickly decided that for Patty's birthday, we were all going to get on Zoom. And we were going to watch uh, the last Airbender live action movie. And everybody except for Jonathan and our one friend Megan was going to get drunk. Yes. Yes. So everybody was getting increasingly drunk. I had I had the captions on uh, because it was very distracting. So there's definitely some of the movie that I missed. Oh, I did not hear like anything from the movie. I was just kind of watching it and just like looking at the Zoom call of people getting drunk and laughing. So I didn't really experience the movie. But yeah. the commentary was really funny. Yeah, but either way, the movie was. I had I, I kept turning down the volume because a couple of them kept talking, and and that's fine. They had already seen it before, so whatever. But uh, from what I gathered of the movie, it was uh, it was a bad movie. It was just uh, <laughs> it was just a bad it was just a fucking bad movie. It was just bad decision after bad decision. But if if you're going to if you're going to watch that movie. Uh, watch the cartoon first. If you never have seen any of these things, I highly recommend the cartoon and hopefully you'll fall in love with it too. Um, and then you can see the travesty that is the movie because the movie should not be your first impression. It should not be. Uh, it was, it was just bad. But also like they made it so that the firebenders had to like have existing fire. So they were like, kind of like pyro. Don't bring. Listen, and <laughs> When they were making fun of that, I was like looking at Jonathan to see like if he was going to get offended. <laughs> no, not really. I don't care. I mean, just don't bring Pyro into it. There's there's no need to. These are two completely separate universes. So, I don't know. But when you think about it, when you think about it, it still makes sense that they need existing fire. I mean, waterbenders need existing water. Earthbenders need existing earth. They they don't just create earth. And airbenders need air to exist. I mean, I'm sure that they couldn't bend any air in space, Patty. There's no air in space. So what would they bend? They wouldn't bend anything except for their fingers. And nothing would happen. So, yeah. Also, I've been trying to get Jonathan to watch Avatar for, like, years. But That's not true. Well, 
I kept bringing it up and you were like, I don't know. But then, they, you know, they finally put it on Netflix and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy I watched it. Uh, it definitely gets a big recommend. Watch the cartoon. If you if you don't want to watch the movie, I don't blame you. But just whatever you do, if you've never seen any of it before, don't have uh, don't have the movie be your first impression. If you're going to watch the movie and you imbibe, you should imbibe <laughs> during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's enough about uh, about airbending. So uh, so yeah so so we've got we've got a new episode now. Uh, hopefully you're listening to it. Um, otherwise you can't hear me. <laughs> so so we're we we had decided a while ago that we were going to do the summer series again. It was fun. It was different from what you know we had been doing with the podcast for all this time. And I thought it might be fun to have another kickoff. We could pick another, you know, random cartoon that the X-Men showed up in and we can discuss it. So you'll hear us talk about the X-Men adventure later. But also, it's been two months since our last, you know, episode. And we had comics disappear for a little while because Diamond shut everything down and kind of, you know, just screwed everybody. And DC left Diamond. So hopefully Marvel uh, does the same. An image, yeah, that would be nice if the, if they all did because we we need more we need more distributors. So I figured so while while we're doing this episode since we've been missing X Men comics for a while, why don't we talk about a couple of new comics before we talk about the X Men Adventure? And that's what we're doing. So the first new comic that we're talking about is Marauders number ten, and uh, and this issue was all right. Uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. It opens with tempo. You know, Tempo's been dead for a while, and now here she is. I loved her. She was, like, my favorite from, uh, what was it, the Meet and Liberation Front? Yeah. Because, like, uh, we had that episode that we talked about with her recently about, like, her dad. Was he an abortion doctor or something? Uh, He was testing for the mutant gene. Okay. Yeah, so, like, she was, like, kind of, like, on this team, but, like, her heart wasn't into it, and I felt like that could have gone somewhere, and it didn't, and she just kind of vanished. But, yeah, Tempo! (laughs) Yeah, and she got spikes on her helmet, like a clock gear. How do you like that? Yeah, that was uh, an interesting choice. I thought it was cute, but, like, I could do without it, because I I guess, I don't know, I'm just, like, uh, an OG fan, and, like, her old look didn't have anything wrong with it. Okay, way to be elitist. Okay. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> uh so it's it's funny. She's her her job is is working with whiskey. Uh she's aging the whiskey fifty years, and apparently Shaw loves it because he is in fact a whiskey dick. <laughs> I feel like that was done on purpose. I feel like Duggan made it whiskey so they could be like, Yeah, this guy's a whiskey dick. I didn't even think about that. I didn't understand the opening. <laughs> You didn't? No, I'm <laughs> stupid. No, you're not stupid, but you're a champ for reading it anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's a whiskey dick. So that was cute. I thought that was funny. I mean, it, it didn't really give her anything, but she has a job, you know, and it ties into her mutant power. And it's good. She's got her power. She's back to life. So good. We know Tempo's okay. Uh, and then Storm comes in. She's meeting Forge. And she tells him that the Russians are making his old power dampening weapons. You know, the fucking suits and shit that they had that the Marauders have been fighting since, like, the beginning. Forge is like, well, there's no way that this could be my technology. Nobody could have gotten their hands on it. I destroyed all the files. Except there's this one guy, his name was Daniels, and he had a photographic memory, damn it. 
And so, so there's your plot. There's your whole fucking setup for the issue. And then the quiet council is meeting and that's neat. So you have uh, Sophie come in and say that Emma's not going to show up because she sailed with the Marauders. Uh, they're going after uh, the Russians. Uh, and so then we get uh, we get a letter uh, from Kate to Kurt. And in it, she's writing about, you know, how she, like, misses him. And she can't even phase through most of Krakoa. And uh, you should grab your cutlass and swing aboard the Marauder sometime. And I, I'm honestly just taking that as foreshadowing. I don't know why, but I, I saw that. And, like, people have been saying, like, come on, like, you know, fucking Nightcrawler is literally, like, swashbuckling. With his fucking cutlasses. That's what I said. I said that too. That makes sense. It makes sense to me. Um, but this like this letter like really cemented it where I'm like now, oh, I think this might actually happen. I've been thinking for a while that this whole X-Men Fantastic Four thing, it may end up with Franklin Richards getting his powers and being able to resurrect Kate or something. But after seeing this, um, I'm now thinking like, oh, maybe Kate is actually going to stay dead for a while maybe until towards the end of all this nonsense, and maybe uh, Nightcrawler is going to join the Marauders. But at the same time, he did mention in X-Men 7, the whole Crucible thing, that he wanted to start like a mutant religion. So there's that too. So I don't really see him doing both, starting a mutant religion and also getting his cutlasses and being a pirate. You know what I mean? I mean, he can multitask. (laughs) (laughs) So fine. Uh, But yeah, I like that letter. It it was sweet. Uh, All right, so there's Russians in a boat. And one of them actually says Iceberg Dead Ahead. And uh, Iceman and Storm lift it out of the water and ice it up. And apparently Emma's joining in the fun. And I thought that that was really neat. Uh, and for some reason, there's a UFO. We don't know why. Uh, it's called the Mercury. It's just, a, it's just a UFO that shows up because that's what happens. And so Pyro and Emma are teaming up. And, and I, really, I really love seeing the two of them together. Uh, there are some guards that come out with guns and start shooting at them. And then all, all of a sudden, Emma unbuttons her top and is showing her cleavage. And the way her top looks, it's very similar to the way um, Quietly drew her uh, with the weird fucking wrap around the back, hold the boobies, defy gravity thing. So that's sort of what it looked like. And she walks up to them with the cleavage showing and makes them shoot each other in the legs. So that was great, but then Pyro was like, oh, how do you control so many of them at once? And I'm like, there were four of them. What do you mean so many? That's not so many for for Emma. Four dudes? Like Emma has definitely taken more than four dudes at one time. Oh my god, <gasps> Patty, are you serious? <laughs> I'm not saying that's bad. She can do what she wants. <laughs> yeah it just you know it just it struck me as as weird and i wasn't the biggest fan of it so forge finds daniels and it looks like they're they're rescuing him you kind of get the feeling he's just some regular dude he just happens to have a photographic memory it doesn't seem like he's bad so forge gets there bishop is helping him they're gonna they're gonna rescue this guy uh one of the russians is about to make the ship self-destruct and i love this Callisto catches him and is like, I know you're prepared to die, but are you prepared to die slowly, one piece at a time? I was so happy to see her join in and be so aggressive. It's like the entire fucking gang is here. It was amazing. I was I was so happy to see all this. You know, Emma got in on the action. Callisto got in there. Uh, even Forge joined. You know, I mean, it was it was mostly it was it was fun. 
So when they stop all the fucking Russians, get them all together, Emma rewrites all their all their memories. And this dialogue was fantastic. Gay, disabled, trans, it doesn't matter. The thought of cruelty to those different than you will make you physically ill. And they, she's got them all in the UFO and drops them all back in Russia. And then they use the UFO to blow up the ship. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this UFO? Like, I know they make a joke about it later. Like, oh, we're not going to talk about it right now. But... But seriously, like, what the fuck is this about? I thought that it was, like, a psychic manifestation or something. Like, not a real thing, but, like, something that uh, Emma made them see. But it didn't make sense that it blew up the ship then. So I was confused. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, like, this isn't the X-Files. This is, this is not. It, it does have an X in it, though. Where? Point to the X, Patty. Where's. Where's the X in Marauders, Patty? Where? Is it silent? <laughs> is the X in Marauders silent? Yeah, you don't pronounce it. <laughs> so they had to rewrite Daniel's memories so nobody would come after him again. And then it's funny because they drop him off in Arizona <laughs> with Mask, who's still trying to play golf. He's like, I hate this game. And Daniel's is like, gotta bend at the knees. And they shake hands. So now Mask has a golf partner. I think it's cute that they have like a little retirement community. Yeah, somebody who understands golf instead of Callisto yelling touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cute. All right, so so then Kurt, we get this letter. Kurt writes back to Kate. Uh, he does want a voyage on the Marauder. Uh, he does believe Kate will return. It sounded sort of like this happened after... She was gone, uh, but before that, they they have had trouble with the five. I guess nobody is really suspecting that Kate is dead, except for like Emma and Storm and the other Marauders. It hasn't gotten around yet. Um, so you see Xavier talking with Egg, and Egg is saying that he he thinks that they're not doing anything wrong. That it's just Kate can't be resurrected. So it sounds like Xavier is going to go tell Emma that they're going to give up. Because in Krakowin, next, it says hesped. Um, and the, the definition of that word is an oration or eulogy at a Jewish memorial service. So that makes sense. We, we've seen the, the preview of the cover for the next issue. And it looks like they've got like a casket. Emma and Storm are there. So they're going to pronounce her dead, have some sort of memorial. And I'm sure that's going to be really sad. Um, I can't wait for them to catch Shaw um, and kick him right in his whiskey dick. I hope that happens. And, uh, and yeah. Wait, do they know that Shaw did it? They, nobody knows that Shaw did it yet, no. Okay, sorry, I just, uh, I guess forgot that because those issues came out so long ago. So I'm glad that you have a memory because I do not. <laughs> I really liked this issue other than the Emma thing. Um, I mean, I'm not usually a fan of anything that Emma does, but, uh, it just kind of seems unnecessary and weird. I don't know. I wasn't a fan of it. I know some people were like, yeah, girl, own your ladiness or whatever. And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, I guess if own you your- want. Is that a thing you women say? Own your ladiness? Ovaries before broveries. <laughs> what did you just say? It's kind of, you know, not inclusive. I could see how that could be problematic, but I've never heard that before in my really? life. And so, yeah, I've never. Patty, I thought you just made that up on the fucking spot. <laughs> I I did not. I heard it before. It, it might have been in that episode of Parks and Rec. Okay. And they were like, but I know I've heard it before. Okay. 
Well, us guys have one too. Testicles before breasticles. <laughs> I mean, I like no, hose I'm... hose before bros. Hose before bros. I'm sorry. This is all very problematic. Let's stop talking about this now. <laughs> the, the the one I said I just made up. The testicles before breasticles. That's not. No, you didn't. I've heard that. What the fuck? I've never heard that before in my life. Has everybody yeah. already has everybody already rhymed everything? I can't yes. fucking. I can't. I can no more rhymes. I mean, like everything that exists as like a written medium is just yeah. a remix of the dictionary. So if you think about it, there's no point of writing anything. (laughs) Patty, what? (laughs) I said what I said. You should be a philosophy teacher. You really should. I know. For somebody who hates writing so much, you should be a word philosopher. That's that's (laughs) what you should do. Dictionary philosophy. Patty was complaining about having to write a three to four page paper the other day. It's so and I was long. Like, and I was like, Patty, that's so short. And she's like, it's easy for you to say you're a word bender. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway. So yeah. So I liked, uh, I liked this issue for the most part. I had a whole bunch of action in it. You know, some of it was funny too. The UFO thing was weird. I know you're supposed to be like, oh, this is, Silly, I wonder when they're going to explain it, but it just seemed really out of place. Not that I disliked it, but it was just a little jarring. The art was mostly good, even the homage to Quietly, but, like, I still do have a problem with it, you know? I mean, and it was kind of funny, but at the same time, it wasn't really necessary. And it's not that it was completely unnecessary because she was exposing her breasts, but it also had to do with her powers. If there were, like, 20 dudes there with guns... Okay, yeah, I would have given it the benefit of the doubt, but four dudes? Like, Emma's gone toe-to-toe with Xavier before, and she has taken Xavier down uh, telepathically before. She's not going to have trouble with four guys and needs to show her breasts. Like, if you don't have a problem with it, that's fine. If you have a huge problem with it, that's okay, too. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I didn't think it was really necessary, but the bigger problem I have with it was that it was just four guys. The only issue I really have is with anybody says, with anybody who says she's done this before. Therefore, there is nothing wrong with this, and this does not deserve. Therefore, nobody should criticize it. Like, get off your high horse. This is art. People are going to criticize it. Some people are going to do it in an annoying way. Some people are not going to. Just leave it. Just because it's happened before doesn't mean you can't criticize it. So that's really my only issue. Because a couple of people are out there, like on their high horse, like this happened before. You can't say anything. No. We can. There's a couple of different issues here, so whatever. It felt like a an anime thing, honestly. It, I, I'm this is like kind of like an anime trope a little bit, like showing off your titties to distract the enemy. Okay, gotcha. I was gonna say boobs. Boobs are an anime thing. Yes. I didn't know. That, I didn't know that boobs uh, originated with anime. It's true. Yeah, I uh, I would like to see Nightcrawler, but that means that we're only going to have two girls on this team, and that is stupid. Yeah, <clears throat> two girls, one Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It's just uh, just you guys know what I'm referencing there, right? Just uh, replace the cup with Kurt. All right, there we go. All right, for for anybody who's still listening, we're moving on now. To uh, New Mutants number 10. Patty, I love this issue. I love this issue so much. Oh my god. There was a recipe in it too. Did you see that? 
Yes. Obviously, I saw the recipe. I mean, like, <laughs> I know I saw some people talking about, like, oh, who's made it? Or, like, who's going to make it? Or whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I know I've heard of the dish before, but I don't know what it is. And uh, there was a lot of uh, spice in it. And, okay, I'll be the first one to say, I know, I know, okay, I know the fucking stereotype. And it is, in fact, 100% true for me. If there's, like, one flake of pepper in my food, I cannot eat it. The whole dish goes in the garbage. It's fucking just bullshit. I hate spice. <laughs> and this has, like, all kinds of, like, cayenne pepper and, like, all shit in it. And I'm like, huh, I'm not going to make this. <laughs> I could have I sworn this was something that, that has happened at your house before, though. I was like, is, it lo- is that how you pronounce it? Laksa? Or is it laksha? I don't know. Let me look. Okay. It's, uh... Indonesian. It's Indonesian. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think my mom ever made it. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, that that is true. Um, Patty cannot have any spice on sort of anything. <laughs> she is sugar with she is sugar with no spice, but everything nice. Uh, <laughs> we uh, I, I you know be at a diner or whatever, and you know whenever I'm at a diner, there are fries with what I get, and she'll eat the fries. And there have been a couple of times where she's like, "Nope, these fries are too spicy," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> You don't put spice on. There's salt. There is salt on fries. There's no, no spice. On- Jonathan, some people like season fries. Like the, you've had the ones from Five Guys, right? They put like all this seasoning on it. It's weird. The <laughs> restaurant like puts some kind of seasoning on it, like oregano. No, <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is those fries are spicy, and <laughs> I'm not eating them. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, so yeah, I was super excited because I loved the last issue with uh, Tashi, uh, the new mutant girl who can make nightmares and the fucking art was all trippy and bendy and stuff. And I love it. So she's, you know, she's, she's got like all the new mutants and the fucking guards and whatever. And she's like, I didn't mean to hurt anyone. And, um, you know, we saw at the end of last issue, a couple of the new mutants went into, uh, the mutant liberation front's trailer to get Wildside to get his help. And so Doug and some of the team and Wildside show up and boom boom goes, What's up with clowny McWolverine light here? And I love that. I love that because it seemed like back in the day there were a few, you know, sort of like quote unquote feral like characters, yes, in addition to feral, who all had the same Wolverine sort of haircut. You know, Wolverine was never as quite as straight across and flat on the top, but you saw this kind of hair from Wildside, from Feral, from Wolfsbane, and I'm sure there are others that I'm I'm forgetting. Oh, what was um Feral's sister? Thorn? Yeah. No, I don't I don't feel like no, Thorn had her hair down most of the time. What? I don't feel like that doesn't sound right. Like... I'm gonna look it up. Okay, that's fine. I'm certain that her hair was always down. I don't feel like it was like Feral's, but... Oh, yeah. It's not... Uh, she has more of like a mullet. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Wildside was one of those characters with the Wolverine-like hair. So that was funny. And Doug is like, oh, but we all need to act like we're on the same side. And he's okay, Doug. Like, you're, you're a cute you're a cute little blonde boy. And it's real cute that you've got your spirits up. And, yeah, camaraderie. But something's going to go south and fucking Mutant Liberation Front isn't going to be there for you. You know, I mean, we saw a little bit of this. and We talked about this a little bit, too, uh, especially with with Hellions. 
with like empath, like I don't know how much we can act like we're on the same side. I don't know, but we'll, Wild Side is cooperating so far, so that's fine. So that's good. I like the dialogue between he and Danny, though. You know, what I mean, Danny hasn't really gotten much of a of a spotlight throughout New Mutants at all, even when you know when Hickman was doing it. And it's not like she's been involved in a ton of action in these two issues, but at least she's sort of like trying to be like in a leadership role. It seemed like her and Doug were sort of like co-commanding the team. You know, Danny goes and tells Boom Boom that she needs to tell the soldiers, she speaks Russian, to have people um, evacuate. And that's great, but like, I want to see, I want to see Danny in action. Like, I really do. This w- and this would have been like an interesting time to do it, you know. I mean, Karma tried to grab Tashi's mind and it didn't work, but Danny didn't try anything, uh, really. So I don't know. That would have been neat. Does Danny ever Paris back? Yeah, she got him back in a uh, Rosenberg's run. Remember? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so Iliana is looking for the rest of the New Mutants because you know they left for um, Carnelia when Iliana was having a conversation with Scott last issue. So she finds Glob, and she's like, have you seen the rest of the New Mutants? Everyone seems to have... Are those chickens? That was adorable. His chickens are back. His chickens are back from um from Age of X-Men. I mean, they're not... I, I doubt they're the same chickens, but Glob still has an affinity for chickens. And he's like, each one has its own personality. It's so cute. That made me really happy, because as soon as I saw Glob in this issue, I was actually like... Or no, um... I don't know, one of the last few issues that he was in, I was like, I wonder if he gets chickens now that he's on, like, this haven. (laughs) And, like, okay, so, like, you know, Nature Girl had, like, all of her familiars, like, back in Age of X-Men, and that was supposed to be, like, a haven-type place, too. And I wonder if she has that here. And, oh, I wonder if Glob has his chickens, because in Glob's best life, he would be having chickens. Yeah, of course he would. So, yeah, so it was it was neat, you know, that we had, like, this little separate moment between these two characters. Like, this is a large cast of characters that Brisson is trying to juggle right now. And I liked how he was still able to use Magic and Glob effectively because Magic doesn't know about the Doc's website. And so that's what Glob tells her about, the how the cartel found Beacon Angel in Nebraska and... Um, it was because, you know, people took pictures of them out at, like, a fucking grocery store and then posted it on this, like, mutant-hating website that, like, gives out their addresses. So that's how the cartel got them. So I, I don't know how this website is going to get taken down, but I hope, like, the next story arc involves magic going and, like, kicking the shit out of all of these people. But so, yeah, so we got an amazing data page that had the recipe for Glob's Laksha, or Laksa. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that. I should have done my homework on that one. But are you gonna try to make it? No, me, Patty. I can make cereal in a bowl. I can make banana lunch, and <clears throat> I can make I can make salad dinner. Those are the and I can make. You don't make the salad for dinner. You get the one that's in the box. It's not in a box. I went back to bag salad, not box salad. God. <laughs> You know, I was looking at lettuce today because I needed it for my sandwich, but like I didn't want a whole fucking head of lettuce because it always goes bad before I can eat it because I just need like one piece of lettuce for my sandwich, right? So 
I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll get like the bag one then or the box one because it's like less less lettuce or whatever. That fucking shit is like over twice the cost of a head of lettuce. The head of lettuce cost me a dollar forty nine, and I was like, okay. Even if I throw out, like, three quarters of it, it's still cheaper than buying the fucking box of, of lettuce. Just, you stop it, all when right? We, when I, we live together, I'm buying head of lettuce, and you're just gonna eat that. Yes, give me your salad, Patty. Let me eat your salad, you can eat my head. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking anymore, I'm leaving. <laughs> There has to be, Patty, there has to be some way that we can simultaneously do head and salad. I don't know <laughs> what the way is. If we could somehow uh, get ourselves in a position to do it at the same time. Jonathan. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't be mad at me. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, all right, let's see. So Doug is telling the team that the girl is having a nightmare. That's what he figures out. And Boom Boom goes, yeah, we didn't bring you here so you could Doug-splain it to us. <clears throat> I, I, I love that. Doug-splain. Uh, so the new mutants are coming up with a plan to get inside the fucking nightmare vortex thing based on the movie Poltergeist. And this might be embarrassing, I guess, because that's a popular movie, famous movie from like the 80s. I've never seen Poltergeist. I should probably see that at some point. I've also never seen it. I figured I figured you would not have. Yeah, this is weird because of like my aesthetic and being like really into death metal and uh-huh. really into like gore and mm-hmm. like psychological horror anime and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I really hate horror movies. I think they're really boring. They never scare me, and I think they're a waste of time. People find that really surprising. Okay, so, Patty, you could just say, I don't want to watch Poltergeist with you, Jonathan. You didn't have to be like... I'll watch it with you. I watched Paranormal Activity, and I told you I thought that was going to be stupid. That was a great movie. It was so stupid. It was such a good movie. Oh, my God. I remember seeing that in theaters when it came out. It was so spooky. Oh, my God. It was such a spooky movie. I remember, like, that came out when I was in high school, and everybody was so hyped about it, and I kept seeing the commercials of people, like, jumping in the movie theater. Yeah, it was me. (laughs) And, like, hearing people in class say like oh did you see oh yeah man it was crazy i was like so scary i jumped down i I saw it and i was just making fun of it the whole time i was like this is the stupidest fucking thing how about white chicks what about it that's some uh that's that's some quality theatrical experience right there white Uh, chicks isn't my favorite movie i know that it's quote unquote bad but who decides what's bad (laughs) (laughs) all right whatever anyway so you've got the fucking prime minister of Carnelia, uh, like on TV, peddling this conspiracy theory that this nightmare black hole is the mutant's fault. That like Krakoa planted her there and they're quote unquote fixing it, um, that it's staged. And then that theory ends up on Doc's. On the website, the article is like, Docs would like to encourage all of our readers in Carnelia to forward us footage and reports from the ground so we can keep all of our readers updated on this latest attack to global freedoms. This latest attack to global freedoms. Like, 
that's that's exactly what like asshole conspiracy theorists are out there saying right now about like all the fucking never mind i'm not gonna get into it i, I don't want people people you, can just make their own inferences jonathan it's fine yeah everybody seriously. knows what you're talking about okay thanks patty thanks for patty explaining to me you're okay. welcome <laughs> so the team has ropes tied around their waists and so you've got who was in there uh it was armor obviously with her armor and inside was doug and mondo and Wildside. so Wildside is supposed to give tashi pleasant dreams he you know he's got uh his power he can fucking like claw at her and inject her or whatever and it's gonna like throw off her balance and you know make her dream good things and while they're in there, the art is gorgeous. There's like this one splash page. Again, it just reminds me of the last fucking issue with, you know, like her face bending and just everything is really like abstract and trippy and looks like a literal nightmare. And it's gorgeous. And I and I love that because it's really cool to see that as a contrast to the regular art, which is it's pretty good. You know, it's cartoony um, and it is good. It's not spectacular, but I enjoy it. But then, like, also there's, like, this nightmare style, and I absolutely love that. Okay, so let me interject real quick. Uh-huh. You know how they came up with this plan to uh, bring Wildside and get him to, like, be on their team and help this girl? Yeah. You know who else they could have asked to do this? Who? Pixie! Pixie <laughs> could have fixed all of this. Yeah, maybe. All I'm saying, it was a wasted opportunity. Pixie saves the day. <laughs> Tidy. <laughs> that would have been, you know, that would have been cute. She could have, um, she could have tried to do a flyover and dropped her pixie Exactly. Dust. She didn't have the- to go inside this girl, huh? <laughs> you know? Here's the thing, though. I mean... No, I don't know. You know, you're. It would have been. A, listen, it would have at least been worth a shot. I mean, even if she did get it on everybody and like couldn't control what it did individually, all that would happen was that they would have good dreams. Like, <laughs> there's no repercussions. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, no, that's that's an interesting thought, and it would have been nice for Pixie to be there. It'd be nice for Pixie to be anywhere other than right? in a handful. Other than a handful of panels of cable. Um, that's that's what I'm saying. And, like, okay, I get that, like, the writer maybe just wanted to use Wildside or something. And, like, I think it's cool that they brought the MLF back. And yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I just have a problem with the lack of pixie. <laughs> <laughs> so just anytime any, any mutants have problems in in this uh whatever they're doing just get pixie because i miss her (laughs) (laughs) okay but i thought this was uh i thought this was neat you know armor forms her armor around Wildside's claws so he reaches out like he's going to um touch tashi uh but she sees him and then all the nightmares and shit start grabbing armor and the rope breaks of course and then armor sees her dead mom and dead brother and so that's sad and next it says adrift um so i'm assuming there's going to be more trippy nightmarish art possibly next issue we'll get a resolution to this i hope tashi is okay i hope she comes to krakoa uh considering her country uh does not recognize krakoa 
and they're probably all fucking anti-mutant bigots. Hopefully she goes. Hopefully she learns to control her powers. Hopefully we see more of her. I love her. I love this art. Everything is great, but there are too many characters for one book. We don't we don't and have not needed Mondo and Chamber from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they said that themselves. <laughs> yeah, they did. They're like, what the fuck are we doing here? Uh, I do think that Brisson is doing a better job juggling the, this big cast than Hickman was doing. But also Hickman was really just concerned with Bobby and then Sam. But I don't know. We'll We'll see what happens. I did notice something that was a little weird, though, and I don't think that this was done on purpose. I think it was a mistake, and then nobody caught it, possibly. There was a repeated word balloon, and I don't think it was supposed to be there. The words are, everyone trapped in there is connected. They're all on the same sort of neural network. Doug says that line of dialogue twice on the same page, and I think it was a mistake. I did not notice it, probably because I don't have a memory. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't remember that those words were said on the same page. So I just had a thought as you were talking about stuff. And, okay, so if they do get this girl and they bring her to Krakoa, um, it could be, like, a situation with, like, Eri and Aizawa and, like, Eri... uh, I'm talking about my hero academia now. Uh, (laughs) What? No, because, okay, right, so Eri is this little girl who has this quirk that she can't control, and so she's basically put into the guardianship of Eraserhead because his power is you don't have any powers. So, like, she can't cause destruction or whatever. So, if they bring Tashi to Krakoa and she has problems controlling her powers, they don't have to give her one of those, like, uh, power dampeners. They can... Guess what? Guess what? They can make her friends with Leech. <laughs> Isn't that cute? That would be cute. I would I would enjoy that. That'd be a nice way to bring uh to bring Leech back into things. Bring Leech back. <laughs> yeah. Bring back my leeches. I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so do you think Brisson and Flaviano on New Mutants are a recipe for success? Do you remember the 90s Nickelodeon show, Clarissa Dugsplains It All? <laughs> Don't have nightmares, folks. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Hey, Mutant Musings is doing a giveaway with artist Mike Sagawa, a.k.a. Excerpts, on Instagram. You can find a link to his Instagram profile in the show notes of this very episode to check out his awesome artwork. And you can win a print of your choice of his art completely free if you can answer this question correctly. Who is Dazzler's baby daddy? Think about it, Google it, ask a friend, but get the correct answer and you'll be entered to win free stuff. How do you get us the answer? DM us with the correct answer on Instagram or Twitter to be entered to win. Remember, all you have to do is DM us with the correct answer on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast or DM us on Twitter at mutant musings. Starting Wednesday, June 17th, our DMs will be open awaiting your answers and you'll be entered to win a print of your choice from artist Mike Sagawa. Good luck, listeners. Hey there, sugar. You look more confused than a frozen tater tot thawing out on a pizza pie. 
I am, Cher. The internet ain't got one website that got all of Gambit's geeky interests together in one place. Gambit have to do too much typing and clicking. What about geekade.com, sugar? Gambit never hear of no geekade.com on this here internet. Geekade.com is a website for all geeks. Whether you love anime or wrestling, video games or comic books, horror movies or TV shows, geekade.com has something for all the geeks out there. Don't play with Gambit's heart, Sherry. Gambit take his geeking very serious. I wouldn't lie to you, sugar. I'm more honest than a lonely man playing with his hidey hole. And geekade.com even has YouTube and Twitch channels. Sure! Look at all these here articles and podcasts! Oh, you the best! Gambit gonna be busy for a while. But Gambit still be cooking dinner for Rogue. Because remember, Gambit does not make TV dinners! Check out geekade.com today, sugar. You'll be happier than a long-haired puppy at a belly rub convention. Okay, and we're back. And for what we're going to be discussing next to kick off our summer series is uh, we're going to be talking about an episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. For those of you who don't know, uh, the summer series is something that we did last year and we're doing again this year. We have an episode coming out uh, in each month, July, August, and September, where we pick one of the X-Men cartoons and we talk about a few episodes that you guys will be picking. Um, and to kick that off, we're discussing the X-Men adventure uh, of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And what better thing to do when we're talking about Spider-Man and his amazing friends than invite our amazing friend? Yeah, exactly. We have an amazing <laughs> friend. He's an amazing friend, and he's from across the ocean, and his name is Liam. But I don't have to tell you about that. You can you can tell him about yourself, Liam. Hi. Um, long time to listener, first time caller. Uh, a lot of you will know me as uh, classic xbooks on twitter so i've no doubt annoyed a lot of you (laughs) yes i agree (laughs) i'll 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 show myself out uh no i'm really happy to be here it's really i'm really quite excited to be doing this guy this with you guys um i'm a very very lifelong x-men fan um how old am i now i'm 34 Feel old. <laughs> Reading X Men <laughs> comics since 1991. Oh God! I know. That was a good year. It was a good, it was a good time. year. It's a good time. It was. I, I started with the comics, and then was it a year later? We had the animated series. That was yeah. when I was born. <laughs> Stop making me feel old. <laughs> it's okay. Jonathan is older than you. Thanks, Patty. <laughs> oh, I feel. Do you know what? I feel better now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be 36 in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Me too. Well, I'm going to be 30, 35 in a few weeks, so. <laughs> so we're old, so it's it's okay. But yeah, no, same. Uh, 1991, same year, got into X-Men comics, and then yeah, the X-Men cartoon. But of course, this this episode that we're going to be talking about uh, came out before any of us were, were born. Apparently, uh, it aired on October 29th, 1983, and um, it was definitely has not very much aged well, I don't think. Uh, but that's that's just me. This this episode was kind of funny to watch, and it's also kind of funny, not like ha ha funny, but like a little sad funny. That this doesn't seem too far off the quality of from um, from Pride of the X Men, which you know aired like six years later. So I guess between 1983 and 1989, they didn't make too many advancements in animation or talent. 
when I watched this the first time, I honestly thought it was like from the 60s. Yeah, until I saw like what X-Men characters were there, I was like, wait, this has to be at least the 70s. Yeah, I I agree. Um I'm I'm listen, and I don't want to spend the whole time just like crapping on this cartoon even though it's going to be really easy to. Uh <laughs> but and and I'm also no connoisseur on, you know, old ass cartoons. Although I did I did watch a lot of them when I was little, you know, it was like the reruns of Looney Tunes and shit and uh Scooby-Doo, which, you know, what the Scooby-Doo was from what like the 70s or something like that. I don't fucking know. It didn't seem very quality, but at the same time, you know, this cartoon did last for a few seasons. I think it lasted for three seasons, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I guess nobody had standards back then. <laughs> we had Reagan. <laughs> Patty, we had Reagan back then. Of course we didn't have standards. Are you kidding? <laughs> you had Reagan. We had Thatcher. It was oh, a good God. time for anybody. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just want to throw that in there. <laughs> I was going to ask if that was the Thatcher age, but I thought that I would sound a little like Look, she ruled, and I say ruled in the terrifying sense, uh, the whole of the 1980s because she, she, she was our prime minister from 79 to 1990 or something like that. Jesus. Ugh. Yeah. That's gross. Um, Rock times. Yeah, you, yeah, had, they you were. had your own monster. And now you have the same thing. We both have shitty guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a cornucopia of shit. <laughs> so, fucking Spider-Man and his amazing friends are, are hanging out at the X-Mansion for some reason. Uh, and Stan Lee is narrating. So that's great. That's always a sign of good things to come. Uh, rest in peace, Stan. But I love the guy. I love what... I love what he created, but him narrating these cartoons, it was not a good idea. He did it with this. He did it with Pride of the X-Men. And he wanted to do it, too, with X-Men the Animated Series. But the showrunners and the writers managed to stop that from happening. Oh, thank God. Because they, yeah, they thought that it would make it too campy. And yeah. They realized that it hadn't worked. Like, that's one of the reasons why Pride of the X-Men didn't quite work. It made it too silly and too campy. And so they they kind of got him, you know, to be okay with just letting the showrunner and the writers handle it. Was it, it just Thank this episode he did that for, or did it do it for all of those, uh, this whole Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends series? If did I he... cared, I would have looked that up beforehand. <laughs> I went too academic too quickly, guys. I'll, I'll bring it back. Yeah, man, if you've listened before, we don't get too academic on this show. Uh... <laughs> uh Especially when, especially when you guys are drinking, uh, we're not going to get oh, back thanks for outing us, man. Like <laughs> I'm just having a, a simple rum and coke, and Patty's got her margarita. It's a good time. Yeah, and I've got my bull semen apparently because that's the <laughs> thing that I found, that's the thing that I found out today, which I'm which I'm not going to fact check. Uh, I, I'm not going to. I'm going to leave that to the audience to fact check if taurine is in fact taken from bull semen because Liam claims that it is. So apparently I'm drinking bull semen. That's not no, what he said. I was here, and that's not what he said. <laughs> it's taurine is found in bull semen, but they yeah. they artificially create taurine because they can't just fucking milk bulls for their cum all the time just for fucking your monster energy drink. So they <laughs> make an artificial version, and that's what's in that's taurine, and they put that in your drink. Is it messed up that I'm a little disappointed now? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some farmers out there. You grease them a couple of bucks, they'll let you take what you want. <laughs> I wonder how big their loads are. Sorry. Patty. <laughs> Patty. Pint. It's going to oh be a God. pint easy. Come on. 
Um, <laughs> here is an interesting story, though. Most of the artificial raspberry flavorings that you find in things is made from beavers' anal glands. So, wow. You um, know when people are like, oh, who is the sick fuck who, you know, fi- found out that you can milk a cow? Well, think about that. <laughs> I mean, I do like beaver, and I do like anal glands. Uh, I don't know if there's anything wrong with me. <laughs> well, I mean, I was happy eating beaver already in the conventional sense, but now that I know I'm doing it in another way, I, I you know what? My day's brighter for it. I mean, you can right. eat, you can eat beaver and ass at the same time. Win win. That's the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. That's literally the fucking dream. Oh. Thank you, Patty. All right. You're anyway. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> so so Firestar is in the danger room and she's uh we find out that she's she's fighting in the danger room. We find out that the objects that she's fighting are just holograms. Speaking of beaver and anal glands, <laughs> uh Cyclops calls them holograms. Now, I'm sorry, I didn't realize this was something up for debate like tomato and tomato or roof and roof and that kind of bullshit. Mm. Uh, it's it's always been holograms. Who calls them holograms? People in the 80s. <laughs> Someone who's never seen that word before, probably. Is that something that you send to your lover on Valentine's Day? A hologram? <laughs> I don't... Oh, I don't, oh no. I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Patty, I know what I want for my birthday. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Also, Scott's blasts are yellow, uh, which is cute because we find out later that they're heat beams. But yes, they are yellow, I guess, because they're heat beams. That's that's why. Somebody should send that to Gail Simone. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's I'm not I'm not starting that debate again. I'm not I'm not doing it. I love Scott. We don't we don't need that. Um, what I was impressed by with the danger room is just the the the, the really fancy pink robots. <laughs> <laughs> I love those pink, really campy pink robots. I was like, yeah, no, why not? Yeah, no, I love it. They're for breast cancer awareness. They can be <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, um, the video that I was watching—I don't know if this happened to you too, Jonathan—and um, the audio was not a hundred percent synced up with the video, which made it just seem even more campy. Yeah, that's how it was in the 80s. Nothing synced up like that. Yeah, exactly. That's how cartoons were in the 80s. The audio and the video, they never synced up. Yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of this episode where you can see someone talking and the mouth's still moving after they've stopped talking. Particularly <laughs> Pro- uh, Professor Xavier. Yeah, so then we get this fucking uh, UFO egg or something that lands and some dude puts his hand on the fucking identifier thing outside the mansion and breaks in and then he he taps into the logic circuits uh i i i don't know uh my computer terminology but i'm assuming that logic circuits are a real thing in computers and so i guess that's what happened here so he traps all of the x-men they have to get to the attic to to fucking stop him. They're in the sub basement and they have to go up all the floors. And then Firestar realizes that she she knows this guy. Or no, Professor X reads everyone's mind and figures out that Firestar knows this guy. Um, and so this becomes uh you know a little bit of a focus on Firestar. And it's really it's really cute, honestly. Like I feel bad. I feel bad that Firestar is so cute in this show. 
and the show, the animation, everything is kind of crappy, and she's just being cute because she fell in love with this guy in college, and he fucking blew up, and somebody blew him up because she doesn't deserve it. Uh, I don't know. I just feel bad. She's she's the redhead. He looks like he's 60 now. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, robots don't know how to take care of themselves like we do, you know? <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I loved it when, cause when Spider-Man goes into the danger room before all goes a bit wrong. And when it starts going like, oh, hey, it's on it's on level seven. It's not supposed to be on level seven. Those attacks are real. And there's just this <laughs> moment of animation which just creased me. And it's where it's just like Spider-Man's like holding himself over like a trap door, trying not to fall in. Firestar sort of sl- the, the slowest thing I've ever seen crawled by him flying. And then a second later, the slowest heat-seeking missile I've ever seen <laughs> just crawled by and then follows her out of frame. And it was just—it just made me. I mean, I know obviously we're dunking on the, the the animation a lot, but it was just that bit. Just it was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> Someone was like, no, no, Bob, no, make make the missile slower. The kids are gonna miss it. You know, someone was somewhere like saying, like, like, no, we gotta gotta make it really slow. The little kiddie's gotta see it. <laughs> we have to teach them what a heat-seeking missile looks like, so they can grow oh, up yeah. and they can make their own and fire their own. Because yeah, well, yeah it was the Ra- Reagan era, wasn't it? You know, it was the Reagan era. <laughs> and this is America, so and that's right. We like blowing and shit that's up. That's what I was. I was just thinking about that too. Like, I know you were talking about like okay, Scooby Doo or whatever, but I'm thinking about like the Disney movies and like. The movies that have come out at this point in the 80s are, like, 50 years ahead of this. And even, like, the anime that they have at this point, like, um, Astro Boy and stuff, are, like, leagues ahead of what this is. And that was, like, much before this, too. So maybe they just didn't care or they didn't have a big budget or something. I assume it was the budget and probably and and you know whoever the animation studio was again if I really cared I would have looked into it and taken <laughs> notes on it but I don't uh you know it's probably the budget for the animation studio and they have to deal with what what they have to deal with you know this obviously the budget wasn't here um and that kind of stinks because honestly like as much as we'll probably still be dunking on it too like there was a shell of a decent story here mm definitely and there were shells of decent characters here too. You know, like it's it's a trope, but it could still work. It's just like the dialogue and the plot didn't connect it well. You had Firestar who was in college. She was in love with this brilliant physicist who was performing some experiments and it blew up in his face and he was damaged and you know, he got fucking made into a part machine motherfucker and came back for revenge later like okay like we've i'm sure if i sat and and thought about it for more than a minute i could tell you exactly where that's happened in a comic book somewhere but you know it it works as far as a story goes but it's the things that connected it that were silly you know the voice acting was phenomenal the voice (laughs) acting oh my god the the one that got me was like some of uh the the very few lines that colossus had he's like (laughs) My favorite bit is when he's like, he, they've cut the power. And he goes, not all the power, and then punches the door. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, it was great. And then, like, some of the voices were fine, and then others just didn't match. Like, for the, like, the four lines that Storm has, she sounds like a little, like, 13-year-old girl. Yeah, she does. But she sounds nothing like the kind of Storm that we're used to in, like, the later animated series we had in the 90s. 
which yeah, is like, no, that's Storm's voice. That's Storm's voice that I still read the comics in. Like, when I read Storm, that's the voice I hear in my head. And the, the, voice, the voice in here is just like, it's like a little girl, almost. Yeah, in the animated series, she sounded fucking majestic. And here, yeah, she, she definitely sounds like a little girl. Um, I, I think the, wo- the woman who did the voice for her did the voices for all the women in the episode. I think it's like one woman the whole episode. <laughs> I genuinely think, hang on. Yes, Mel- Melissa Sue Anderson. Oh, no, that's the wrong person. No, Kathy Garver did Firestar. Angelica Jones, who was that? <laughs> and Storm did those three voices in this episode. So I don't know who Angelica Jones is. Is that that's Firestar? Fires- that's Firestar. That's Firestar. Which one's Firestar? <laughs> oh, it's Slash. Oh, I see. There we go. Um, I've never read a Firestar comic. I'll be honest, guys. I know she's a mutant. That's fine. I've, I've just never read her. But... So I was going to say, though, that Kitty sounded different. So that makes sense that the, the same woman didn't voice Kitty because Kitty's voice sounded different. Mm. Not, like, not like she had too many lines either, um, yeah. but she actually sounded probably a little bit more adult than Storm did. But yeah, so the the voice acting was certainly not not top notch. And so, all right, so the fucking, the X-Men get out of the danger room and they're, they're trying to get up to the top floor so they can reach Siberiad. Nightcrawler teleports ahead and he gets trapped and Siberiad makes a Nightcrawler hologram. And uh, so when, when the X-Men and Spidey, uh, they decide to split up into teams, it was funny how one of the teams came across Nightcrawler and Thunderbird decides to run after him. And so they fucking, they get, uh, it was Thunderbird, it was Storm, and it was Iceman. They got trapped in the room with the walls mm-hmm. closing in. And so th- this I did think was neat, though, that they, they actually took this from the comics. I'm assuming it wasn't just a coincidence, but it was that mm. Storm is claustrophobic. Yes! You can see on her face, and you can tell when they get, and like her power's not working, and you can tell when they get outside that she was having like moments of panic. And so, I mean, I definitely give it to them for for giving that nod to the comics that she's claustrophobic. That was my next note. I've literally, I was like, oh, I was surprised to see this little, like this tidbit that Storm is claustrophobic. Like it's such a, it's such a, a small but important character detail about Storm, despite the fact that, it, that other, all the other things that it got were grossly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of one of my other favorite nods uh, that they got here was that Thunderbird can turn into a grizzly bear. Um, <laughs> a, li- a little known fact that it happened off panel, you know, in Giant Size X Men back in the day. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. It was in the seventies. Uh, yeah, Thunderbird can can fucking transform. He calls on the spirit of the great grizzly, and so that was actually some great animation when he Ooh. did that. It was just a little poof, but the way that this grizzly moved, uh, yeah, it was great. Knocks the door down, gets out, and Iceman is like, "I didn't know you could do that." Well, same, Bobby. None of us fucking knew he could do that. <laughs> See, I felt like that was like, mm, was that a little racist? Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know whose decision that was. Uh, which was also a nod to the Demon Bear saga. <laughs> that is correct, which had not happened yet. Um, <laughs> do I you will. think Whoa. that this episode inspired the Demon Bear saga? <laughs> I think that's exactly what this is. I think Chris Claremont <laughs> and Bill Sienkiewicz were both sitting and taking notes while watching Spider-Man and his, his amazing friends in 1983, and that this certainly inspired the Demon Bear story, Batty. <laughs> Absolutely. How old would 
uh, Claremont have been then? Uh, it would have been like in his twenties, right? Thirties. Uh, probably his thirties. Thirties, yeah. Thirties, yeah. Late th- mid, mid to late thirties, I think. Yeah, Claremont had been writing for Marvel since the seventies, since the uh, early yeah. to mid seventies, I think. I forget when he was born. He was born in the forties, I want to say. Uh, yeah, he's he's dude's old. <laughs> But yeah, he was in. I met him. The dude's old. <laughs> uh, we've met him a couple of times. We don't need to talk you about. You met that him. Much. You met. You met him a year after I met him. Yeah. Uh, he was a little commodity. Oh yeah. Oh yes. That's the perfect word. Yeah, a little bit. All right. So then, uh, the next team that's going up the stairs, Scott, Kitty, and Colossus, they just fucking get sucked up into the ceiling. Except Kitty gets away. Uh, Colossus manages to knock himself out in a great a great little piece of animation. He punches the wall and then he falls back and falls on the ground. And then he looks around for a couple of seconds before he passes out and turns back into, you know, his, his human form. He can hit himself so hard. He, he turns back into a sweater vest. (laughs) (laughs) Like he hit himself so hard. A a sweater vest magically appears back (laughs) on his body. (laughs) Yeah, and and my favorite my favorite part of this whole fucking thing is, you know, Scott's greatest fear, because uh, Siberia had figured it out. Scott's greatest fear is turning blind. Um, it's not being left behind by redheaded women. It is, <laughs> his greatest fear. <laughs> his greatest fear is going blind. So Siberia turns the lights out on him, and Scott gets himself out. By using his concentrated heat beams. Because all he has to do is just concentrate at like this little pinhole uh, in the fucking wall. And he can get himself, he can get himself out. He can just, he, he says, if I can't blast through, I'll burn through. So there's those trusty old heat beams that Cyclops is known for. That's what he was called in high school. Good old heat beams. Good old heat, heat beam summers. Yeah. Heat beam summers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think somewhere there's like a like a like a deleted scene to this episode, this cartoon, where <laughs> just out of just out of, just out of sheer um just just his history with uh, redheaded women, he was like hitting on Firestar. Oh like, my god! Hey, are you are you like are you psychic or you know want to have like a a secret time traveling baby or anything? You know, just like <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was the redhead of this episode. I'm surprised that he didn't hit on her at all. I'm sure Hickman's gonna bring her in as like a, a, a missing uh, gray sister or something at some point. Oh my god! <laughs> I hope so. I sure should hope so. Well, so here's here's a question. Um, if the power was knocked out, I might have missed something. When I when I noted things down, I thought that the power had been knocked out by Siberiad, um, but they managed to use the elevator. Do you remember when Colossus said, "Not all the power"? <laughs> oh, so he was referring to both himself mm-hmm. and this one elevator. All yeah. right, I didn't I didn't realize that. I I think it's supposed to be like the danger room and the room that they like the control room that he t- cut the power to. Okay. I think, and just no, nobody kind of went, oh, hey, you know, like, maybe people understand, it's like, it's a, and someone's just like, it's a 22-minute cartoon, just just do it, <laughs> animate it with a lift, okay? Don't ask questions! <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I hope when this single episode is released on DVD and Blu-ray that they contact <laughs> Patty to provide the commentary on this episode. 
because I think we all should be on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just made all the sense now. Listen, do uh, you know the? Uh, I already told you about all the potholes I've had to explain away for Peter David because he's my favorite writer. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like no, what he meant was this. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. You're providing the comic book commentary. Exactly. Um, for the special edition. Perfect. Oh, so then we find out that everyone's going to have to get through the maze of madness, which uh, which is classic, classic X-Men, classic part of the mansion. We all know the maze of madness. I mean, I've, I've got a special, like, four-part series about it. Yeah, I mean, when we think X-Mansion, we think the Blackbird Jet, we think the Danger Room, and we think the maze of madness. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why it's right? in my Lego set. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just all the random Lego, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so the X Men are gonna have to navigate through the maze of madness uh, by themselves because Xavier gets taken away through a wall by Siberiad. So whoops. And honestly, the maze looks like something that Arcade would make. Oh, you're right. I didn't and... even think of that. When uh, Firestar found the hole in the wall, it was like exactly what happened one time with Arcade. Oh, look at Patty dropping the knowledge. Wow, <laughs> Loving it. That what time with Arcade? Fuck that guy, though. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I prefer, I prefer, I'm taking Siberiad over Arcade because fuck Arcade. The costume that Kitty Pride wears, I don't recognize it. Is that based on, on one that I just can't remember? Or is that something they made up for this episode? Because uh, it looks a mishmash to me. I am pretty certain that it was... And now that you bring it up, it's like, you know, my my memory just completely wiped. Um, because Yeah, but I am certain that... And I'm actually going to look it up. Uh, yeah, me I'm too. Certain, I don't remember what it looks I'm like. <laughs> certain that it's based on one. Because the top half kind of looks like her, her her main costume when she after she joined... Um, yeah, that's... The X-Men, like the yellow and black with like that's like kind of covering her face. Yeah, that's uh like a mix of uh because like her costume with that mask wasn't all yellow. I feel like it's they not... tweaked yeah, it. Okay. They took away they took away her trousers and then they kind of yeah. changed the costume slightly and then yeah. slapped a big X on her forehead. I think they just did it for this episode. Yeah, and uh, her belt was red too, so that's what the difference was. Okay, good call. I didn't even. Really well, that that and Professor Xavier has a cravat. What? He's, a cra- like he's, what? he's wearing a cravat. Like you, every time you see him, he's either wearing that weird kind of nineties military jacket he had for some reason, oh. or anything before that. He's just wearing like a suit and a black tie. But in this, he's got like a weird cravat, like scarf. Can you can you use cravat in a sentence? Yes, he was wearing a cravat. <laughs> he was wearing a cravat. <laughs> I looked up a picture of it. Exactly. Yeah, I just looked it up. I had to look it up. I've oh, never heard that before. It's like a vampire shirt. It's yeah. It's kind of. It's basically a cravat is what a tie eventually became uh, came from. Ah. Uh, okay. It's kind of like a scarf, uh, and you kind of tuck it inside your shirt. It looks like a, like an indoor scarf is the best way of describing it for men. Indoor scarf. <laughs> do, do you want to hear something really crazy? I own about three cravats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite the clothes horse, you see. I guess, but uh, according to this meme, a day cravat is not formal wear. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. A day cravat is not formal. 
Um, yeah, because it's kind of seen as like like really really posh, like you know when you hang around your house in a t shirt and a pair of shorts. Yeah, yeah, it's that. It's a version of that. Kind of reminds me of like Hugh Hefner or something. I don't know if he's yeah, ever yeah. worn. But... Yeah. Okay. okay. There we go. Yeah. All right. Now it makes sense. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Where were we? Um... <laughs> <laughs> way off. Way off track is where we are. That's okay. Uh, that's fine. Oh, I, I was going to say there was like two little references on that bit where they're trapped in the little rooms. I wanted to mention. So, uh-huh. like the one room that Scott's in is made out of alimantium. Yeah. yeah. And then the room that Kitty was in was made out of vibranium. I was like, yeah. way to shout out the made-up Marvel metals of Wolverine Skeleton and Captain America's shield. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was nicely done, too. Well, I guess you remembered something about his characters. Mm. Yeah. And so it was kind of funny that they did mention adamantium in this episode, but Wolverine wasn't there. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought that, too. But... So fucking uh, Siberiad manages to trap everyone except for Firestar. And so she comes in, she tries to burn him, but apparently he wasn't really there. He was just a hologram. And this hologram manages hologram. to trap him. Hologram. <laughs> yeah, hologram. Hologram. Get it right. And- <laughs> yeah. So, so Xavier says you have to de- deactivate the nega battery unit, and it's gonna that might deactivate the plasma bubble. They're just throwing out all these fancy fucking terms. And uh, so Firestar breaks free. She flies after Siberiad and gets in his UFO. And Spider-Man gets Scott to to burn a hole in this barrier, but he only burns a tiny hole. He doesn't burn the whole thing away. Uh, for them to all get out. He just burns a tiny hole so Spidey can shoot his fucking web and tie it to Colossus, and then Storm uh, fucking shoots her electricity, and then they break out of the barrier, and Angelica is talking to the uh, Siberiad, and it's like Nathan is sort of in there too, so she sets him on fire, and he falls <laughs> to the floor, but he's not burnt, and he says, I love you, and she kisses him on the cheek, and she said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends walk off into the sunset. And it but was just... my favorite part was Spider-Man earlier in this episode. Wait, hold on. Raz, don't go there, Raz. Come here. Raz, come here. Oh, he's... we've gone off book. Raz. <laughs> Raz. Get some chicken quick. Sorry, if he goes into those rooms, sometimes he poops. So I need to stop him. <laughs> Close the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, he's he's old, and he won't tell me he needs to go outside. He'll just go into my brother's room and take a shit on his floor. I'm old, I'm just gonna take a shit here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing with old dogs. There's a certain point with old dogs, they just go, "I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm gonna do what I want." <laughs> fuck you. I'm gonna bark. I'm gonna take a shit where I want. You're gonna tell me to sit. I'm not gonna. I can't pretend I can't hear you, but I, I can hear a chocolate wrapper from the next room. That is exactly Raz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, wait. Patty, Patty, you were in the middle of a, some, you were yes. middle of a, a point. <laughs> okay, so earlier in the episode, Spider-Man tells Angelica, like, oh, well, you know, if you love somebody, it never really goes away. And as they're walking into the sunset on this, like, fucking yellow brick road, like, Wizard of Oz nonsense... Angelica's like, yeah, I think I'm over him. 
<laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> she was like, actually, Spider-Man, I think you were wrong. Because, I mean, she set him on fire. But she also gave him a kiss on the cheek. I don't I don't understand. Talk about sending mixed signals. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know, you, I know you think I set you on fire, but I'm going to set you on fire now. <laughs> Separately from the time when some mysterious men stormed into the lab and shot the place up and blew you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that was quite a way to wrap up the episode in 60 seconds or less. Um, set him on fire, kiss him on the cheek, walk away. Uh, that's, that's it. Treat uh, me and keep him keen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, like, I'm in my 30s. Uh, I'm not the target demographic for this cartoon. Um, I, I imagine, you know, a small child would get some joy and some interest, you know, from this. And wouldn't realize how shitty it was. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't realize how shitty it was. Because, you know, this wasn't far off from the quality of something like like Scooby-Doo, you know, around the time. At least I don't think so. Not that I'm really a fan of Scooby-Doo, but I did used to watch it when I was little. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the characters, you know, they all have these neat powers. You know, the costumes are colorful. They can do all these fucking neat things. There are explosions and shit. There's fire. I mean, that's dope. What kid doesn't love fire? You know, I loved fire. I was a kid. I still love fire. Fire is fucking awesome. So, yeah. So, <laughs> Every kid I... goes through that fire phase. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going through it. Yeah, everyone set fire to something when they were like 14 uh, and they really <laughs> fucked up. And like, oh no, I set some cardboard fire boxes on fire and then I burnt down a tree. You know, shit like that. Someone's done some stupid shit. Like literally, that at some point. yeah. Literally, a friend of mine and I, we bought some fucking aerosol can. I don't remember what was in it, and we took a we took a lighter and we went into this wooded area and we fucking you know sprayed some fire on things. Um, that may or may not be a true story. No one out there is going to know for legal purposes. I, I've got a great one for you. Well, but, the statute um, of limitations passed. Yeah this this was this was probably about twenty five years ago. Uh, and it didn't turn any into anything, and we didn't do it again. But we tried it, so yeah. Don't don't start forest fires. Nobody go do anything. We're not condoning anybody spraying fires. Nobody do that. All I right. may have created a mushroom cloud once. What did you say? A mushroom cloud? <laughs> yes, I, I did. What what country did you drop a nuclear warhead on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a slightly similar story to yours. So me and my brother were uh, and his friend. Um, we, were, we were unattended, and my mom would leave me to burn the garden rubbish on my own. So I'd like old what? branches and leaves and stuff. And we had like a fire pit, and so I built up this huge bonfire of like just old bits of wood and branches and all sorts of stuff. And it was the middle of the summer, um, so we lit it. And I and I was like, "Hey, let's get an aerosol can involved here." <laughs> and so what we did was we put it in the middle of a fire. Actually, before we set it, we put it in the middle. Oh my god! For the fire to reach it, and at the penultimate moment, and bear in mind, we built ourselves a fort, uh, and I <laughs> hung out of it with an air rifle, uh, and I shot it as I could hear the can starting to expand from the heat, and it went off like with the power of about ten hand grenades, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and there was just this great big uh, mushroom cloud of smoke and ash. That blew off it up into the air. It must have gone about seventy feet in the air. What um, the fuck? 
Is this something that you do, you know, in, in the United Kingdom? Do you just, no, this like... is just, this is just a Welsh thing. This is only in Wales, really. Um, cause there's not that much to do. It's just greenery, most of the places. So burn it is what, burn you, it, yeah. what you do. Yeah. Burn okay. it. Throw in something that's going to go off like a, 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 you know, um, a, a trip mine and, uh, <laughs> you know, have at it. You know, if you come out of it with no scars or shrapnel wounds, your day's a better one. <laughs> All right, listen. So I have to disclaimer: like nobody go out don't and do that. Don't do that. Burn yeah. things. Don't don't do it. Don't this do all it. was this was okay to do in the 1990s. It's not mm-hmm. okay to do in 2020. Listen, don't fucking. Do you know how old I was in the 90s? I was born in the 90s. <laughs> I feel like I missed my opportunity to light shit on fire. Patty, you did. We're not lighting things on fire, Patty, okay? I'll have a few more drinks and we'll see what happens. Patty, no, don't light anything on fire, especially when you're drunk. Oh my god, please. I'm gonna be fucking worried for the rest of the night now. Everybody, nobody, nobody light things on fire. That's that's it. Don't do it. We did it, but we're stupid. Exactly. So no more lighting things on fire. The time for lighting things on fire has passed. Aww. Except for burning down the patriarchy. That's that's the yeah. only thing left to burn. All right. So yeah, you're allowed to do that. It's legit. That's fine. I understand that. All right. Okay. <laughs> I've got. I, I, I want to poke apart some logic issues, sure. if you don't mind. Yes. Uh, do what? What the hell were those plasma bubbles all about? Just <laughs> force fields that they're trapped in. Because they, it's like it's a force field, but you can fire Stark and shuffle across a lab whilst one's around her, and Scott can poke a hole in one. <laughs> what are they? Yeah, I don't know. They were specially made for mobility. Specially uh, made mobi- mobility, like anti mobility mobility bubbles. force fields. Yeah, they were exactly. like the eighties version of condoms. <laughs> oh no. They were the kind of condoms you can you can walk around in, you know? Yeah, exactly. See, and you know they didn't work because both of you are here. <laughs> <gasps> oh, shit. I thought we were friends because we're getting sourced together right now. But no, I, now I know that's over. I mean, if there's one thing we know, it's that Cyclops like, likes poking holes in condoms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh my god, you know that's what oh. he did to Maddie. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to make it into the episode, but I'm glad it's better. <laughs> I, I think it should. I think, like, let's call Scott out on this. Like, They don't call it a one-eyed monster for nothing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm sure there's a whole, like, like thesis somewhere about Cyclops being a representation of a penis somewhere. I'm sure of it. <laughs> like, the whole... it's It's got a, someone out there like it's out there somewhere. I'm sure of it. I'm gonna make that my master's thesis. <laughs> Cyclops oh is a dick. Let me explain in what a forty-four thousand words why. <laughs> All right, so there we go. So th- there's uh, there's your answer to your force field questions. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had one more, and this is more of a. <laughs> uh, an, inter- an interesting, like, and this is actually a, a good thing because I've never seen this in the comics that I can uh, remember, is that they use Colossus as a conductor for electricity from Storm. Like, have they ever done that in the comics? If okay, well, I mean, my answer first. That's is actually have... really good. That's a great idea. 
No, it's it's very interesting, and and I'm gonna say that I don't remember. Like it's very possible, uh, mm. and it would make all kinds of sense. I yeah. just I I don't remember. Somebody who's listening now is like fucking pounding on the chair, like you fucking dumbass. It happened so yeah. many uh, and like do I don't remember. I don't know, Patty. Do you remember that happening? I can say that I've read every X Men comic, and I don't remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I, I don't remember that happening. And see, now that you mentioned that, I was just, uh, Jonathan and I were just watching Avatar and this one character is like, she can bend water. And the whole time I was watching it the first time, like 15 years ago or something, I was like, well, why can't she just control people? Then people have blood, blood is water. And they actually covered that in an episode. Ooh. Spoilers. Oh my God. Spoilers. All right, listen. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I, I, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe I am the last person in the world who has never seen the entirety of Avatar, The Last Airbender, but spoilers. <laughs> I mean, it's been like 14 years, John. <laughs> uh, I have not actually watched any of it. Oh, well, see, you should watch it. It's fine. It's fine. I have no plans to, and I'll forget anyway. It's fine. <laughs> okay. It's actually it's a fun. really good show. It's a really yeah. good show. Like I, by the time it came out, I was uh, like twenty, and I had no interest. I was like, you know, oh, this is a Nickelodeon show. This is probably for kids. And like, yeah, like kids obviously will enjoy this show. But it's honestly, it's for everyone. It's 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 a great story. It's it's fantastic. I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's been a really good show, and I I would highly recommend it to anybody. It doesn't matter how old yeah. you are. All right. So Liam, thank you so much for uh, for coming on um, and for picking apart and laughing at this ridiculous cartoon with us. And uh, if the people out there listening want to find you, where can they find you? They can find me at Classic X Books uh, on Twitter, uh, and the same exactly the same handle again. I post just art that I like from um, comic books on um, Instagram as well. Exactly the same username. Uh, that's it, really. You can just hit me up. You can say, hey, what you're reading right now, or tell me, you know, what you don't like that I'm reading. I've got a lot of that as well. <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. What did you think of the X Men adventure? Do Scott's heat beams really burn you up? Join us in two weeks for our X-Men the Animated Series episode. And until then... Thunderbird Bear was right.